Well, we want to welcome everybody out to the Utah YSA Conference. You guys having fun so far? <clears throat> Great to be with you, and welcome to the Preach My Gospel podcast. My name is Sean Dixon, and I'm here with my co-host today. This is Brian Patterson and John Gonzalez. The three of us are former mission presidents for the church. Brian and I are administrators and teachers at the Utah Valley Institute of Religion down in Utah County. And get this, John is a former CIA agent, so kind of be careful today. He's also a former area mission specialist for the church and has been a great mentor to, to both Brian and I with regards to missionary work. So uh, for the last year, we've been hosting this podcast, which has been primarily focused on missionary preparation. We've gone through every chapter in Preach My Gospel. We've had a lot of guests on talking about the various aspects of missionary work. And we're currently transitioning our podcast to include uh, episodes and, and counsel and help for the returning missionary. So picture coming home from your mission and all that transition and the challenge of that. We're, we're going to do episodes that focus on how to help you make that transition as well as help you, how to help you be lifelong disciples of Jesus Christ. So today, we are privileged to discuss the question, how do I stand as a witness of Jesus Christ in these complex times? And how lucky are we all today to have three general officers of the church with us? We are just delighted to, to introduce them today. This is Sister Amy Wright. She's the first counselor in the general primary presidency. And of note, she also sits on the missionary executive committee. So with all the changes that have happened with Preach My Gospel and the second edition of Preach My Gospel, she has been part of that, that, that committee for the church. So super excited to have her insights today. We also have Sister Andrea Munoz-Spanos with us. Uh, many of you recognize her. She's the second counselor in the general young women's presidency that was just called at this last conference. And I believe you just began... This month, is that and right? she's doing a great yes, job. Yes, and I'm very nervous. <laughs> <laughs> so she is from Argentina, um, but she also uh, served as a mission leader for the church with her husband in Mexico. So has that experience with missionary work as well. And then we have Brother Bradley Wilcox, who is the first counselor in the General Young Men's Presidency. And he's also a professor of ancient scripture at BYU and is a former mission president down in Chile. Right? So we're just delighted to have this conversation together as a See, team. This is evidence that Argentines and Chileans can get along. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So, what delightful people. We're excited to hear what they have to say. We know that missionary work can be kind of complex. And so, we've prepared some questions today and looking forward to their insights. So let's start with some questions. Maybe, Brother Wilcox, you could kick us off. Our first question today is, uh, what have you learned uh, about the importance of the gathering of Israel through your interactions with prophets, seers, and revelators? You know, th that's been one of the blessings of the callings that we have, is that we get a front row seat to watch prophets, seers, and revelators in action. Uh, these sisters meet with them all the time on the different committees on which they serve. And so it's been beautiful to see that those brethren are not asking us to do something that they don't do. When they say, share the gospel in natural, everyday ways, they do it. I've been there, I've seen President 
Uchtdorf pulled that little copy of the For the Strength of Youth Guide, his little copy of his pocket version, pull it out and give it to somebody. I've seen him talk to people in an airport where a man came up and he said, I can't have anything to do with your church because I'm gay. And President Uchtdorf just greeting him so warmly and just saying, of course you can. Come worship with us. You are welcome here. You belong with us. It was so beautiful to see him so comfortably just welcoming that man and saying, yes, come and be with us. Come and worship with us. Uh, we were in an area committee meeting uh, that's in, on Wednesday mornings, and the, a man had come to present to the Quorum of the Twelve. His name is Arthur Brooks, and he's a very well-known teacher at Harvard. Some people call him an expert on happiness. That's a good thing to be an expert on, by the way. And, and he was presenting some of his research to the brethren. They're so well-informed. But President Ballard, who's conducting the meeting, after his presentation, he says, are you a member? And the man said, no. He says, I'm a Catholic. He says, you'd sure be a good member. <laughs> and then everybody laughed. And then a minute later, they were talking back and forth again. And he said, have you read the Book of Mormon? And the man said, I've read parts. And he says, you better read the whole thing because you would love it. <laughs> And it was just so delightful to see the president of the Quorum of the Twelve interacting with this very prestigious man from Harvard and not feeling uncomfortable or shy at all about sharing the gospel. And it was interesting to see how Arthur Brooks responded, not with, oh, how dare they try to share with me, but feeling very honored and very grateful that they would be sharing with him. He laughed so hard, you know, when, when President Ballard said, you'd be a good member. And he was just laughing. And I just think they do what they're asking us to do. And it's beautiful to watch. That just inspires me to want to jump in and be a missionary now and follow the lead of our prophet seers and revelators. Uh, Sister Wright, you've had some interactions as well. Anything you'd like to add to that? We have most specifically our presidency has had interactions with President Nelson. And whenever he talks about the gathering of Israel, he always goes like this. He said, it's really simple. You gather yourself unto Jesus Christ, and then you help gather others unto Jesus Christ. And he always connects it to our covenants. And so as members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, every member has a covenantal responsibility to help gather Israel. And that goes way back for many of us to age eight. Do you think about eight-year-old little boys and eight-year-old little girls having a responsibility to share what they know and love about Jesus Christ, to look and see how they can lift and love and serve others, to... Um, keep the commandments and learn about the gospel of Jesus Christ. And then one of the things that I think is so beautiful is President Nelson talked about how we should always be preparing for the next ordinance. Every single one of us has a next ordinance in our lives. And sometimes that next ordinance is the sacrament. So right now, we should be preparing to partake of the sacrament. Other times, it's to receive our endowment or a priesthood ordination, or to be sealed in the temple. But always to have before your face, what is the next ordinance that I am preparing to participate in? Sister Munoz Spanos, 
we have many young women and young men returning from their missions excited about the experience they had, wanting to be engaged. Uh, they've been focused for two years or 18 months in the work, and then they come home and they've got social life, they've got school, they've got work, everything hitting at them. What advice would you give to these young men and women to stay engaged in sharing the gospel with everything else now that's piling on them as they come home? Yes, so you were saying it's going to look different, right? Because in the mission, we are 24-7 laser focused on how we can share with others the gospel. But right now, we have other things to do, right? We have other things to do. We have school. We, have, we need to socialize. And we have work. So it's going to look different. But this one thought comes to my mind that people is looking for relief. People is looking for love. People is looking to have a calm life. So people is looking for a change. And right now, when we make a, something that is not okay, we can repent, and we have the assurance that the Lord will forgive us. But what about with others, other people? They don't know, and they have all these sins on their backs. So once we understand this, and I hope that we have the chance to really, really understand that on our missions, or before our missions, right? But we now, we understand it perfectly. So. Um, once we understand that, we want to do something. We want to help them. We want to help them. And I think that one key thing is to trust God. And we need to trust God. And if we have in this, that if we have the desire to really open our mouth and inv invite people and share the gospel with others, that the Lord will put this man, this woman, this friend of someone in our everyday life. So I have a testimony of that, and I have an example. Um, a few years ago, our roof needed to be fixed. So this man came to our home, and he finished his work, and then we start talking about Jesus Christ and the gospel, and he told me, well, there, there was a couple of, of missionaries that were coming and, and teaching to us but they are not coming anymore. So I was able to, you know, to tell him, okay, why don't you contact them or, or whatever we can say at that moment. But, and then I felt this, that, okay, because I have this, this desire, the Lord is putting these people in my, this man in my, in my way. So I think that we can share the, the gospel in very natural ways. We can invite them to our activities, service activities, maybe for general conference, um, Christmas, Easter. We have these important things in our calendar that we can open our hearts and in a very natural way um, invite them. So this is my best advice, to have the desire to continue um, sharing the gospel with others and to open your eyes and your ears to the promptings of the Holy Ghost in your everyday life. He will put the people, the right people, in your way. Beautiful. I don't know how many of you have ever had that experience where you prayed that you could have a missionary opportunity or that God would put someone in your path, and then somewhere in the day that happened. Did anyone, has anyone experienced that before? A lot of hands being raised. I can bear witness to what you just said, how true that is. 
So, Sister Wright, um, you had this really neat privilege of being on uh, the Missionary Executive Council, and uh, we just are in this really neat time in the church where we have the second edition of Preach My Gospel. How many of you in the audience today have, have looked in and kind of looked up the second edition of Preach My Gospel? Some really amazing things are there. One of the things that struck us as we evaluated and looked at it was the, the subtitle that's right on the front cover. So the subtitle used to say, A Guide to Missionary Service, and now it reads, A Guide to Sharing the Gospel of Jesus Christ. And so just wondering why the change in subtitle? That is a great question. I just want to begin by saying that was such a sacred and holy revelatory experience. And there was a small army that worked on that. I just played a small role, and what a privilege it was. And what a fabulous question that is. At the very early stages, the council stages, knowing that this was going to be updated and refreshed, because there are a lot of things in there, such as technology, safeguards for technology, because the world is changing, right? And the way that we teach the gospel needs to change and adapt. But the first thing that was determined is that Jesus Christ needed to be in the title because this is his work and his glory. And so once that was established, revelation just started to flow. And the beautiful thing about that title, that it's a guide to sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ, is it lets us know that this is for everybody Every single member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, as mentioned earlier, has a covenantal responsibility to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. But the Preach My Gospel is also a resource guide for everyday living, for gospel study. If you want to learn how to teach the gospel of Jesus Christ or learn more about the gospel of Jesus Christ, chapters 1, 2, 3, and 10 are a fabulous go-to resource. If you want to learn more about seeking and acting upon personal revelation, chapter 4, dive in deep. If you want to learn more about the power and the purpose of the Book of Mormon, chapter 5. And then my personal favorite chapter, if you want to learn more about Jesus Christ, how to draw closer to him by studying his character, his nature, his attributes, and then a striving to emulate those attributes. Chapter 6 is a treasure trove. We actually added the attribute of integrity, which I think is so powerful because it is foundational. So I hope and pray that you look at this as a valuable resource, not just as a full-time missionary, but for life, because it is filled with the scriptures and words of living prophets. Sister Wright, I can tell you worked on it. I'm just a <laughs> little smoke. enthusiastic Chapter nine, about this book. Page three, yeah. third word on the fourth paragraph. Check it out. And can I tell you, even the commas matter. <laughs> Everything, came, every single word came straight from heaven. Yes, Love ate, it. drank, breathed, slept this book. And uh, I'll tell you, I actually have a printed copy. And I was going to bring it, but I thought I might be accosted because it will not, the printed copies will not be available until December. And so right now you can only access those digitally, but it, it is very precious to me. There's definitely going to be a run on Deseret Book there and other will. places. There will. I hope we're published. ready. I hope we're ready. Yeah, I love what you said about it being 
um, this is this is a guide for missionary service, not just for full-time missionaries. I think a lot of times people associate Preach My Gospel with this is the manual for the full-time missionaries. So that's very helpful to, to see you present it that way. This is for life. That's right. Use it as a resource if you're speaking in sacrament this Sunday. Yeah. I mean, it's a wonderful companion to your scriptures and words of the prophets. Thank you. I know when I came home from our mission after serving three years, uh, I, I had drifted away from Preach My Gospel and, and of course, continued to study other things. But, but I felt there was something missing in my life. And so when I immersed myself back and preached my gospel, that those feelings I had as a missionary were just restored almost instantly. And so another endorsement to jump in to preach my gospel. Uh, <laughs> Sister uh, Munoz Spanos, you served as a young missionary, right? Um, if we had young adults today that were asking the question, is a mission right for me? What, what advice or counsel would you, would you give to those individuals? Well, I can share my own experience. Because growing up, I was really shy. So I joined the church when I was nine. So I was really shy. I, I didn't see myself like a missionary. I didn't, I think, I don't know, but I didn't see myself knocking on doors or talking with people that I really don't know. So I was, okay, the mission is not for me. But then the years goes by, go by, and, and all my, my friends started to go on a mission, and then they were returning, and then they were um, sharing their testimonies, and something was inside my head that I thought, wow, that's wonderful. Look at that experience. This, you know, I can feel the spirit and everything. But well, at that time, you you were going on a mission when you were 21 for for women. So then I was 21. I already finished my studies, and I didn't have a marriage proposal. <laughs> so I thought, I thought, what is the most important thing, a thing from the most value that I can do right now? with my time, with my life. And, uh, and I thought, well, maybe I need to go on a mission. So I decided to go on a mission. And I need to confess, I don't ask Heavenly Father, should I go? <laughs> I kneel and I said, Heavenly Father, these are my plans. I want to go on a mission. And I felt right. I didn't feel anything that says no. So I went on a mission and it was wonderful. I loved my mission. It was a wonderful opportunity for me to preach of Christ, to have a more um, strong connection with Heavenly Father and with Jesus Christ, um, a covenantal com a connection, more profound, more, more solid rock connection. So I also enlarge the capacity of love others because before our missions, we have our group of friends and our group of, um, of family, and this is the group that we love mainly, right? But then when you are on a mission, this expands. The circle expands in a way that you cannot believe it. And you start loving people just by, you know, you knock on your door, the door opens, you see someone, and you just love that person. And this is wonderful because the Book of Mormon is, is inviting us to pray and to ask for this gift of uh, love people, right? Uh, 
I have a testimony of that, that we can ask and the Lord will give us this uh, love um, in our hearts for, for everybody. So I, I enjoy my mission very, very much. I serve, I loved, I learned, and my testimony was um, also fortified, should I say? I love that. Elder John Gro Groberg spoke at BYU clear back in 1979, and he says, we always go to the Lord and say, I won't go unless I feel this burning in my heart. And he says, we've got to turn that around and do what you did. I will go unless I feel like it's wrong. <laughs> it's just put your, do the same thing you do at an intersection when you get a yellow light. Just, <laughs> just go on through <laughs> and trust that he'll stop you if it's not the right thing. That's great. And also we know that how important this is, right? So the, the message from the first presidency in Preach My Gospel says, there is no more compelling or important work than the gathering of Israel. So we have a call and we are preparing this world to receive um, Jesus Christ in his second coming. So this is what we do, right? Right now, this is what we do. Yeah. People and prophets in the Book of Mormon were waiting for Christ to come, to be born, right? The first coming. And they were doing things for preparing the world and the people to receive him for the first coming. And now we have this wonderful opportunity to prepare the people for the second coming of the Lord. And this is, this is great. I'm so happy to be alive right now at this moment of the plan of salvation. Yeah. You know, Sister Spanos, I love that you talked about the first presidency message because everyone in this room has received an invitation, a personal invitation from a prophet, here in Revelator, to serve a mission. And um, specifically what he said, today I reaffirm strongly that the Lord has asked every worthy, able young man to prepare for and serve a mission. And then for our dear sisters, for you young and able sisters, a mission is also a powerful but optional opportunity. So when we're looking at the young men, when a prophet, seer, and revelator has invited you to serve a mission as part of your priesthood responsibilities, we need to remember that the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is Jesus Christ Church, and Russell M. Nelson is Jesus Christ's prophet. So that invitation is coming from our Savior, and I love the words worthy and able. And it's important to remember that the definition for the word able is expanding. It is changing because of service missions. This is a fast-moving train, and we now have service missionaries being integrated with teaching missionaries. In January. Yeah, so right now we have 50, well, plus 10, so 60 missions that this is happening in, but it will be global in January. And some of these mission leaders have testified that we thought it would be one plus one equals two, but it is one plus one equals five. He said miracles are happening. So I hope every one of you know and feel that you have a vital role to play in this work. The Lord needs your unique gifts and talents that only you can offer. And your call to serve comes from a prophet 
your assignment to labor comes from the Quorum of the Twelve. And that assignment, assignment is different for every single one of you. But our Savior didn't come here just to teach. When he walked this earth, he also served and ministered and fed and lifted in any way he possibly could. And you have the opportunity to do the same. I, I hear you, and I just want to sign up again. This is exciting. <laughs> Br Brother Wilcox, how can a young adult preach the gospel without being preachy? I, I think it's a matter of focus. If you're focusing on giving away a copy of the Book of Mormon, and you're focusing on the book, you know, oh, this book is about a family that comes from the Middle East to America about 600 BC and Nephi has to kill Laban, but don't get you know, don't let that stop you. And then, I, I mean, we get focused on the book or we get focused on our testimony of the book. I know this is true. I really know it's true. I mean, I really, really, really know it's true. And those things don't communicate to people. But if we'll focus on the person that we're talking to. Now, I have students at BYU who say, no way, I'm not giving away a copy of the Book of Mormon. I don't want to be shoving my religion down other people's throats. And I say, if a Muslim gave you a prayer rug, would you be offended? If a, if a Jewish friend gave you a yarmulke, would you be offended? Or would you say, thank you for giving me something that's so meaningful to you? And I think if we focus on the person we're giving it to, and a little less on the book and a little less on testimony. If we just say, you know, the lady sitting next to me in the plane, man, thank you for being willing to talk about religion. Gosh, we live in a world where nobody talks about that. And yet you've been willing to talk about it. I appreciate how open-minded you are. And because you're so open-minded, I would love to give you a gift and a thank you. This is a book about Jesus, like the Bible. And when I read it, it makes me feel peaceful. It gives me help. So here's a thank you gift. Now, who doesn't want a thank you gift? And who doesn't want to hear some compliments? Whether it's a teacher from your past, thank you for teaching me about this, or whether it's somebody you just met in a plane. If, if we're not focusing so much on what the book is, but we just bear a simple testimony of Jesus Christ and give the book because we appreciate the person, then I think we've got a way of reaching people because they see that we're seeing them as people and not just numbers. Love that. Thank you. Reminds me a lot of Elder Bednar, how he talks about we need teaching is not talking and telling. It's observing and listening and then discerning what that person needs. You've, he just, you've taught us he it's just all about said that. that. I reminded him of Elder Bednar. <laughs> That's so cool. <laughs> I, would somebody please write that down? I was going to say, that's a journal No entry, one will Brother ever Bob. say that yeah. again in my whole life. It's the heading for his journal entry tonight. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. For sure. It's all about the person. I think yeah. that's, that's beautiful. Well, we're about out of time today, and so I'd love to just give each of you an opportunity. Maybe we could just go in the order that you're seated up there to just share any final thoughts you have or testimony uh, prior to, to wrapping up this episode. And before we do that, we just want to thank all of you that have come today, not only to this uh, episode of our podcast, but, but just come to the YSA conference and have been part of this. Uh, we hope that you have a magnificent experience and that the Spirit will really bless your 
lives today. So we'll just close with each of you. Okay, I guess I'll start. Yeah, thank right. you, Sister Wright. So I was just thinking about a scripture as Brother Wilcox was talking, and I would like to leave this as a final message, not from me, but to you from the Savior, Jesus Christ. This is what he wants you to know right now today. And it's found in Doctrine and Covenants, section 68, verse 6. This is his message for you. Wherefore, be of good cheer and do not fear. Now that sounds like a commandment to me. And how is this possible in a world that's full of quite a few things that we could be afraid of? And he continues, for I, the Lord, am with you. He's right here. He's right beside you. And will stand by you. You are never, ever alone. And then this is your sacred charge. This is your stewardship. This is your covenant responsibility. And ye shall bear record of me, even Jesus Christ, that I am the Son of the living God, that I was, that I am, and that I am to come. My dear friends, it's really that simple. I testify to you that God loves you. He trusts you, and he needs you. And so do we. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. 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 When I'm doing things, I always love to think why. Why I'm doing this, why I'm doing that. So the best um, response or answer to that, it's in the first and second commandments of the Lord. The first one is to love God, right? And the second one is to love others as we love ourselves. So I invite you to love God. I invite you to love others. And I know that if we put this, not just on Sundays when we go to the church, right? Like we, I'm, I'm, gonna, be a, I'm gonna love God on Sundays, but all the week, every day, at every moment. If we have this desire in our, in our minds and in our hearts, the Lord will use us, right? Will use us in the way that always he, he knows that is best for all of us. So I love God, and I, and I love the people, and I, my, my desire and my hope is to be a good instrument in his hands wherever he needs me. And I also um, have this prayer for all of you in my heart, and I love Jesus Christ. I love Jesus Christ, and I'm so grateful for his atonement, uh, atoning sacrifice for, for me and for my sins, and all the hope that I have because of that. Um, and I say this in the name of Jesus Christ, amen. 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 And I love God, and I love others, and I love you. I get to work with these two sisters all the time. I mean, do I have like the best calling in the <laughs> entire church? I get to work with these nine sisters who work so closely with the prophets, seers, and revelators, not just leading their organizations, but leading out in the church. I'm so grateful to be able to serve with you, and I'm grateful that you're all here today. I'm grateful you took time. You're part of something that's historic. I mean, just think about it. This has never happened before to have this many young single adults at a concert running. How many young single adults ran? How many of you ran to the Saratoga Springs Temple? Look at that. And then how many of you were part of the dance? Yeah. And to think of all the young single adults who are gathered here today, this is just 
historic. And this is the youth. This is the young adults rising up and taking their place. COVID put every adult in the world to sleep. <laughs> but the youth and the young adults are waking the members of the church up. And this conference is part of that. I look forward to being with you today. We're going to be in the meet and greet room, wherever that is. Is it over there or is it over, over there? Okay, right across there. So if they whisk us off, don't worry because we want to greet every one of you over there. And, uh, and I will also be there tomorrow night with you as we listen to Elder D. Todd Christofferson as he ends this conference by sharing his special witness of the Lord. I'm just so grateful that you've come. I'm grateful to be a part of this with you. And if you don't sign the white van today, you're crazy. And if you don't go play in the jump house, you're crazy, even though it's a lawsuit waiting to happen. Um, and if you don't go see the, the ancient tabernacle display, if you don't go through that today, you're crazy. And if you don't participate with the d speed dating, you're crazy. <laughs> We're going to break a world's record today. <laughs> Largest speed dating event in history. <laughs> and you can meet that special someone right there. <laughs> right there. No, you've got, you guys have so much to do today. And we're grateful that you would take time to spend this moment with us. Like these sisters who are like mission companions for me right now in this calling that I serve in, I testify that Jesus Christ lives and he leads this church. God bless President Nelson. I don't care how many people cut him to ribbons on social media. I don't care how many people slander him. I don't care how many people take issue with him. I know he is a prophet. I know it. He's not the first prophet who said every young man should go on a mission. But he is the first prophet who has truly made that possible. I am so grateful for him. I'm so grateful for the First Presidency and the prophets. Tomorrow night, maybe I'll see you there, maybe I won't. But we should all be there in the Marriott Center where we'll hear one of those apostles bear his testimony. And I know that his apostleship, his special witness is real. I have seen these brethren on stage. I've seen them off stage. They do not live separate lives. They are not celebrities who live one way in front of a camera and another way off camera. They live a consistent, sincere life, whether they are with, with one person or whether they are with millions. They are consistently what they proclaim themselves to be. And tomorrow night will be very special to hear that witness given just to the young single adults. I love you. We love you. And we are grateful for your goodness and grateful for the light in your eyes and grateful that we could fill an entire room with people who care about Jesus and preaching his gospel. And I say this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Amen.